get on, on my comment. He was like, then again, Pepe wasn't really starting. Why wasn't he starting, bro? Because he couldn't score. True, 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 true. Anyway. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to High on LAFC in a fantastic episode for you guys because something amazing has happened. And that's LAFC defeating the LA Galaxy in their opening round matchup in this MLS playoffs. And I'd like to introduce my good friend that you know, Jorge Martinez, say hello. What up, everyone? What is up, Jorge? Um, bro, the energy of the bank was absolutely lit. And I think we have to address how big of a game mm -hmm. LAFC versus Galaxy in the Western Conference semifinals was. Because we know Galaxy have had our number during the regular season most of the time. Yeah, during the regular season, they, def they definitely had one over us. They in, in the regular season. In the regular season. But today, or in that game, in the playoffs, once again, we get it done, bro. Mm -hmm. And the to me, the craziest part is that it happened at the very end of the match, Jorge. Dude, like, it's, this is like some divine intervention stuff. You, like, this is kind of like, you think about, like, when Madrid won the Champions League last season. Like, yeah. It was just like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like it was, there was something else, some other force there that kind of helped propel, you know. And yeah, Thibaut Courtois blocking literally everything. Exactly. And then and the, the final minutes, Vinicius gets on the end of a Valverde pass. Yeah. That or and you know and just think about like the run up, like the the games before that. Kareem Benzema was just like a man inspired. He could not miss form mm. of his life. Like everything just kind of falling into place, and that's kind of what it looked like here in this situation. This uh, against Galaxy, kind of like everything. I mean, it didn't seem that way the whole game, like, because it was yeah. it was tough. It was a tough game, uh, but the the very like literally the very last second, you know, it was just kind of like it again. I mean, look, it, it, obviously we wanted more, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just the way things happen, like on the verge of overtime. Like that's I was like, damn, we're going to overtime. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. It's Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go to work tomorrow. But like the big thing was just like. Like, you know, we're going to go overtime. And I, I had confidence that we were going to win it there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's when you're going to overtime, it's a whole separate game. It's, you know, it's 0-0. Zero, zero and, and, like, you know, it's just, it's it's a different sort of mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's it's nerve-wracking. It is nerve-wracking. But, you know, we just we were able to pull through. And at the very last minute, this is one of the very last plays of the game. We, you know, a dead ball, uh, a corner, here we are. And, and Chicho... And of course, and this is why I'm saying divine intervention. Who finished it? Chicho. Chicho it finished it. Anyone in that position, but it was Chicho. It was Chicho, the guy. Chicho. Okay, if he wasn't already a legend based off of coming in half through halfway through the year last year, mm -hmm. and then performing, you know, almost to MVP status this year, scoring that goal, absolutely legendary. Mm -hmm. Chicho is one for the history books. And let's take it back, bro, to the beginning of this game because. LA Galaxy, in my opinion, 
were the more dominant team. They were, yeah. They, they, like, for the first was, 25 minutes or whatever it was before the, the goal, they controlled more. the game. They were just really, they were really into it. I mean, the game got heated real quick, you know, with the... <laughs> With, with Puig Murillo, and yeah. Murillo and not everything. That was like in the first, like, what, five minutes of the game, I felt and, like. And you know what? Like, there, I, I saw the game, uh, I re-saw the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were saying, and the commentators were saying that uh, that they felt that that could be a red card had it not been a playoff game. But it was a good call on the referee to understand this is a top, top game. Not only is it a playoff game, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a trap. It's el tra- exactly. Yeah. It's el tráfico. It's it's one of those games that's gonna get fiery. It's gonna get you know heated. It's a rival ga- rivalry. It's a yeah. derby match. It's and a derby. It's a derby, and I totally give credit to the referee for basically saying reading the game, understand? Reading the game and saying no, I'm not gonna give a red card 11 minutes in to one of the best players on the Galaxy squad mm-hmm. while they're away in the stadium. Like no, yeah, I would kill the ratings. A lot of people would stop watching this game. Kill the game. You kill the game. game. It would kill the game. It's yeah. like, you know, you think back to that game. Um, I'm thinking back to, like, Liverpool versus City a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. That game was really intense. There was a lot of fouls, but it was an intense game. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to read the game and let the, the game go on. Obviously, when there's certain things that's like, okay, we got to draw the line. But in that, like you said, could have given him a red card, but... You gotta understand the game. What's on the line here? That's a like you changed the the game in its entirety, and, and you can't. Not that you can't do that, but it's this is something where if you don't watch soccer, I, I would say sports, but I don't really know how ejections work in other sports, so I'm just gonna say it's soccer. Soccer, yeah. So if you don't really watch soccer, and you're just going by like the rules, like it's not. This is where it's you have to understand the game. And that's what the ref did. He understood the game, like you said. He's like, this is not, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw this as a comparison, even though it's obviously not comparable, but just so people can get an idea. But, like, it, it's, this is like Liverpool and, and United, you know? This, this is the match in the MLS, Exactly. Bro. In the MLS, this is the, this bro, is the match. I mean, and we've only been around for five seasons. Yeah, like it's already gonna like. There's a reason it's gonna be at the Rose Bowl, like this mm-hmm. match. They could have put any other game, not just on this side. And I'm sure there's other stadiums throughout the country where another team could potentially play there, and they could they could be like another ninety thousand, like you know, like mm-hmm. in, I know in in Dallas they have a really big stadium, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure how many people could fit, but there you have the potential to, you know. And they got two big teams, you know, in on the west in, in Texas there, within right. with Dallas and Austin. They could do something like that there, but they've done that here for a reason mm-hmm. because no other rivalry within that MLS brings in that fire, that sort of like intensity, and and, and you know it's it's huge. There's a reason it's at, it's going to be at the Rose Bowl next season. Yeah, man, the opening game at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. next season, and we kind of got a preview. Of what, of, to of what to expect as far as the energy. The bank dude seemed like it was all-time energy dude, in the bank. All I can say is that I think after this specific game, I think the rivalry has, in both, in, in every sense of the word, both, both of these teams 
have just elevated the 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 rivalry. I think you know, mm-hmm. like I have to give credit to Galaxy and you know and, and what they do and stuff and you know just like they they brought it as well. They did, but they, they did. it's you know the rivalry was like here and now it's 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 elevated. It's at the next level. It's not just mm-hmm. you know like oh yay it's two LA clubs going at it. No, now it's just like there's something more because. With this game, like we've mentioned before, I really feel like this t- kind of tips the scale more in our favor, or turns the tide, as mm-hmm. one could say. Because before it was Galaxy, you know, we had uh, you know the one in the playoffs, but then we got knocked out and everything, and, and you know to Seattle, and then um, I think we tied one time at home. Yeah, I, I think against the Galaxy. Against yes. the Galaxy, but other than that, it's been pretty much you know they've they've won it, you know, sometimes narrowly and stuff. You know, wins a win. Unfortunately, that's how it goes down. But I feel like with this, it kind of it's just different because out of all the games, this one was weighted the highest, mm-hmm. the absolute highest for both teams. For both teams, because Galaxy has had a shit season. They they brought in Pui, turned yeah. things around. Pooch. Oh, Ricky Pooch. Ricky Pooch. They yeah. say. <laughs> I, I like Pui better. But. I like Pui, yeah, but you're right. Ricky Pooch. <laughs> Pooch. Uh, well, if you think about it, in Spanish, you wouldn't say Pooch, would you? Ricky Pooch? Ricky Pooch? Ricky Pooch. Hmm. I don't know, actually. Pooch? Pooch? Ricky Pooch? You gotta just write it down on a piece of paper, not tell our parents, and then just give it to them and just say this name. But I'm not gonna tell you how it's pronounced. I want you to pronounce that. <laughs> That's the most authentic. Dude, way ask your dad. Yeah, he, he's a soccer like, fan. He he he'll, he might say it. He'll say it. He'll say it. Very awesome. But yeah, like this game, I just felt like with this, like things kind of like the the series or the this tie, uh, if you can call it, has has just changed and it's just brought it's like it's just elevated itself to like another level, and I kind of feel like I don't know. This may be wishful think. Uh, thinking, but I feel like now every game is going to be have that more intensity, more fire because mm-hmm. now Galaxy is like, oh shit, they they beat us, and you know, I like we've mentioned a lot with this. Should LAFC win, beat Galaxy as they did, and when they do that, go on and win the whole thing? Like that's that's just, that's going to be a slap in their face. Yeah, because in the time that LAFC was founded. Since LASC has been founded, it basically in the short history, like, like yeah, look, I can't take away the trophies that Galaxy has. Some of them, in my opinion, I know you feel the same way too. I know a lot of people in the MLS fan base feel the same way. They might, they're not as weighted as more recent ones, but still give it to them because they're there. There's still trophies. There's still yeah. trophies, but I mean, we're talking about like when there was eight, you know, eight teams in the league, you know, ten teams. In yeah, their last, uh, I believe it was the last one in 2014, there was 19 teams in the MLS compared to 28 as of right now. 28 teams in the MLS as of right now. And, you know, the, that just, just kind of changes everything. And now Galaxy in this new MLS like format and stuff like is not, it's kind of like the Champions League and the Premier League. They, they talk mm-hmm. about it like when they, oh, since the, the mo- what we know as the Premier League today, Right. They, they, what is that? Was it nineteen ninety? I think yeah. when they made it, and they, they, they go from there. They count those trophies. Same thing with the Champions League, because mm-hmm. before it was the European Cup, right. and then it's like technically AC Milan is is up there with Madrid, but they have 
the European Cups, right? Right. But so does Madrid. But so does Madrid. Yeah, Madrid's up there with because of the European Cup. So they count them. But people do know that it's like, okay, it's during this time. It was almost a reset. Yeah, kind know? of like a reset. Like, those trophies are there, but we got to acknowledge that this is a different time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a different era. This is... This isn't Nottingham Forest winning in the 1970s, exactly. I believe it is. Because I think they have two European Cups. I know they have one, for sure. But yeah. that's but that's when it was yeah. the European Cup, not the Champions League. Right. So that's exactly like that. <laughs> so now, in this, you know, obviously, you know, credit to the last one, they're only, it's, it's, you know, 19 teams. But we're talking about 28 teams here. It's just a whole different format, a whole different. And since the inception of LAFC, LA Galaxy have done absolutely nothing. They really haven't but signed some pretty marquee players and selling jerseys and filling diggity whatever park. I mean, I don't think it's really hard to fill that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but but like the Galaxy just haven't done enough no. versus what LAFC has constructed. And, you know, I don't want to bash them too much because this is, you know, I, I expect LAFC to get to the MLS Cup and not right. only get there but win it. And it isn't until that point that I really think the tide right. of Los Angeles yeah. will turn against the Galaxy mm-hmm. and look at LAFC as the model franchise in Los Angeles. I think not even just within Los Angeles, but within the MLS. Potentially MLS, yeah. I mean, aside, the only time that I think we could say that we've had a bad season was the one directly after COVID, after the bubble and everything. Yeah. That's when, you know, we got, like, Carlos Vela was injured. We did okay in the bubble. I remember mm-hmm. we did good in the bubble. Uh, and then we come back. Our first game's against Galaxy. Vela comes off injured. Obviously, he hasn't played in X amount of months, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and all that. Uh, that season, I would only, I would say that was the only time I ever was, like, we are... Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. We're having a poor season. Aside from that, LAFC has had nothing but good seasons. I know it might not always be sustainable. I, I know when it comes to not just soccer in general, but like sport, or I should say sports, not just soccer, but yeah. sports in general, they come in cycles. We all have, uh, you know, we're on top of the world and then there's some, for whatever reason, there's a dip. Mm-hmm. There's something goes on, like it just, there's a dip, the team goes down and then again, a cycle, you come up. It's just kind of how sports work. It's like, you could be on top of the world for five years, and then you could be absolute dog shit for two to three. Well, think about it. It's usually when a player as important as Carlos Vela retires. Mm-hmm. But in this case, my friend, so. I don't think we're going to have that problem because of the goal scorer, Dennis Buwanga, our new DP player that just joined this year. Dude. Dude, I, I think... Uh, what the fudge? He's got two goals in the most... The biggest game the entire year for us. Yeah. And three he just goals, showed up. Three goals in, in his most important most important games until, like, the game against Portland. Right, yeah. So he won... He scores a goal to win the shield. Then he comes here and he puts on a master class display. Because he was electric all night. Mm-hmm. And then he, he gets two goals. Two goals against the Galaxy in his first Tropico. In his first Tropico. his first one. Yeah. And he just came and he scored two goals. He lit it up and like, oh my goodness. Like this is, I love this signing because we did not, first of all, it came out of left field when we were told we were going to get another DP and it was going to be an iron. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah. We were expecting like a household name. 
a Suarez, a Cavani, yeah, something after, like that. We after, expected something yeah, like that. After getting Bale and Chiellini, and then you tell me we're going to get a DP at the 9, I'm like, okay, those guys aren't on, are not DPs, and that's and mm-hmm. those are, are reinforcements, then our DP is going to be like a baller. And we got Theo, too, uh, out, out of, uh, as yeah. a result, too, or in, in part of all this as well, which is kind of more in line of where I thought, like, that DP number nine was going to come in terms of the name, but it wasn't. But you know what? I'm so happy with Dennis Borman. I remember we said it before. Like, we're like, we don't really know what to expect, yeah. but, you know, we're going to back him because he's our guy. We just can't. I, I I just know that we were just like, but we, but Chicho has to be number nine. That's, yeah. That was the thing. We're like, there's no way you're not like, you know, and now at first we didn't necessarily see the whole vision and now we do. Now we see what's going on and like, get it and I get it and I'm just like Dennis Bonga what a guy like, what a player because Dennis Bonga has kind of come in taken that left wing position mm-hmm. and owned it and think about it, in the first goal he gets a, he receives a pass from Carlos Vela mm-hmm. kind of physically pushing off the Galaxy defender like he's nothing mm-hmm. and slots it in with, as the first goal that gave him the confidence I felt like moving forward with the ball because even in the Galaxy game, he was doing everything that he could do, whatever it is that he wanted to do, mm-hmm. with the ball, finding the right uh, play, you know, the right pass, and ultimately he ends up getting the second one, you know, mm-hmm. uh, later in the match, uh, off of a slight assist from uh, who was it? What was it? Uh, oh my gosh, how is it that I'm forgetting his name right now? He subbed on for Carlos Vela. Oh, Opoku. Opoku, yeah, 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 yeah. Opoku. Opoku was, again, our boy, doesn't miss. Like He he doesn't get to play as much, unfortunately, because yeah. of Dennis Bona. But our boy came on, and he took advantage of the situation and yeah. got an assist. Dude. He, he did. He, and he came on for our best player, Carlos Vela. And in probably one of the most difficult moments, which at that time was around the 70th minute. Dude, I know. Like, it was... Not easy, yeah. When he came on, you're right. He came on the 78th minute, and he got the assist in the 80th minute. Yeah, he made an instant impact, and Buanga was there. To me, like, some might say that's a tap and goal, but you need to be in those positions to get that tap and goal. This is a game of chances, and sometimes you just get one. You just get one, and... In this case, we had three, and we put them away. And we put them away, because... Buonga, to me, has been kind of, I'm, I'm thankful that he's came in and he's had that energy, the confidence. And, you know, just, just talking yeah. from a broad perspective of the MLS, I feel like the model of bringing in a retired player mm-hmm. or like a player who's aging is was the old model. You and, the, and you don't see it anymore because the new model is to bring a young or, you know, relatively young in player prime. in their prime. You know, maybe he wasn't from the top league in the world or whatever, but, but he, that kid, for whatever it is, was so good that he played in Europe in a top five league and is now playing in the MLS and is showing that he does have talent. And I'm, I'm sure all these players that come, like for another, for example, another player that comes to my mind is, is Hani Mukhtar. Hani Mukhtar, yeah. Like, you look at these guys, and it's not like when they come here, the MLS was the only option on the table. It, it's not. No. Because you have other team, other leagues in Europe, even within that same league, they're like, all right, this guy, we see, we can, we can work with him, we can work mm-hmm. with him. The MLS team, uh, MLS isn't the only one putting offers on the table. 
you know, but it's just they're seeing the the attractiveness now of the MLS. It's it's different than it than it was even five years ago. So and I mean, I mean Carlo Vela, another example. He came mm. at twenty nine. You know, he, they say you know they say, you know, it's you, people think and whatnot that like your prime is anywhere between like you know twenty. 27 to like 32 yeah. is usually uh, that's, like that's like when you're peak, peak your peak. peak performance levels I would say yeah mm-hmm. I agree with you so it's just like he was well in his prime and but I mean obviously I mean he saw what he did yeah but we witnessed some great Bella times yeah, yeah. And, and now we're seeing more of these sort of players come like who says Dennis Bonner can't have a season like Carlos Bella uh, you know what as being his being that he is our new DP at that left wing position, I now hopefully ex- see him doing something crazy, mm-hmm. being in the MVP conversation, kind of taking that 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 pressure and putting it on his back, saying, "Let's ride with me." Vela can't do it that much anymore. You know, he is older. Mm-hmm. He slowed down a little bit, but I'm the next guy, and I want to prove to Europe that I can get back there and maybe go to a different team. Mm-hmm. Well, like slightly better level than League Two in France. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, I have a lot of expectations for Bwanga moving forward. But in the toughest of moments, he has delivered, and he deserves all the credit in the world from all, the all LAFC the fans. Per Footmob, he was the man of the match. He yeah. got a, a nine. Rating. I would say so as well. Like I was saying, when he got that goal, he was trying to out dribble a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. and a lot of times he did. And like I said, he had to be there in that moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, you know, Dennis Bonga, what a player! I'm so thankful for him, and like I'm, I'm thankful for the way things have panned out with him. You know, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope Christian Bale, you know, has that sort of impact too. But I, you know, um, I, his, I guess form, I guess we could call it. I put none of that on him. No. Like, it's just, like, again, we've mentioned it so many times, like, just the the transfers when they come in, like, because the transfer happened, and then I think it took, like, two weeks for him to come here, or something like that. It was a while before yeah. it was announced that he actually came here, and you got to train with the squad, kind of get integrated, and, like, it's difficult, like, and now, it's just, like, how many games did he really have before playoffs, like, to get an opportunity? Like, four games? Five games? I don't, I don't, I don't. Teo, I don't put him down for his form or whatever because, like, truly, we've mentioned, like you said, like, mm-hmm. coming in in September when we're, like, a month away from the playoffs is not ideal. And Teo has done enough to show that, like, hey, I'm, I am a quality player. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't do too much that I, that I can mm-hmm. be capable of, but I'm not there yet. And I'm just very glad that Dennis did get that chance. Well, you got, you like, know? what, like, he was, he came into the squad, like, maybe two games, one more game beforehand, mm-hmm. but I feel like, I don't know, for some reason, they, Dennis Buanga was the big name, like, oh, who is Dennis, right. like, you know, it was like the, what's going on here? Well, actually, I think Bale was signed first, huh? No, I believe it was Dennis. It was? Yeah, I believe it was It Dennis. was Dennis? Okay, okay. Yeah, a okay. few weeks before, because we were very confused as to why Dale was signed, another winger. Oh, yeah, afterwards. Uh, after Buanga. Right. But but he had the like he got given the opportunity because he was signed earlier. He got here like a little earlier. I think at least one or two game weeks before, or maybe I mean they were they came in at a time where the the fixtures were 
like like weekday. We have weekday games yeah. a few of those. Like it was it was a it was like the cramped area of the season. Like it was mm-hmm. it's hard when you have like kind of like there's not as much training sessions going on and everything. Like it's just difficult. It's really difficult. So Definitely yeah, difficult. like next season next season we'll have questions to ask, you know, like how maybe. that works, but but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Turns but out. for now, we have a matchup. Mm-hmm. It is set for Sunday at noon. Sunday at noon. I have no idea why. Which is a little weird to me because the East Coast game is at five o'clock p.m. Pacific time, which what is the eight p.m. there. They don't so like that. I don't really understand it's that. And like it's in in the like Monday night football is or Sunday night football is a problem. They're at the same time, so. Then why would they play? They totally fucked that up, honestly, I have to say. You know, I have no problems <laughs> with, like, a day game, but 2 p.m. could be so much better. Right? Yeah. Especially on a, a Sunday. Early, especially on for Sunday. all of you guys out there that are going to be uh, tailgating. And yeah, man. Starting drinking at, like, 9 in the morning. Mimosas it is. Mimosas it is. I mean, it was going to be mimosas if it was at 2 o'clock anyway. True. Nah, no. It see, 2 p.m., you get there at, like, 12 well, we, I don't get there that early, but you know. I'm you will get there at ten this time, bro. I know you will. I probably I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to like leave. I mean, oh man. <laughs> well, it's totally possible. Regardless, we got a game to play against Austin FC, Dude. which, bro, we've lost both times, I'm home little, and away this season. I'm a little nervous because they were the team that we said it multiple times that this is the test. This yeah. is the test to see what we're made of, because. I remember you said it, you're like, we're going to meet them in playoffs. They're a team that we're most likely going to like face off against because yeah. they're the number two seed. Like, it's come, like, you know. Yeah, typically the best teams make it to the final rounds, and, mm-hmm. and Austin has proved that. And, dude, they got some players on their team with Fagundes, with Driussi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the other guy's name the guy on the top the, of his head. The yeah, guy with the little... Man, the other Argentinian guy. That guy's good. Yeah. That guy's really like, good. He's also very good. Like Austin is a very well-organized team, and they seem to play with no fear. That's what it is. Like They play with no fear. They're like, last year we sucked. The year before that we sucked. This year we're playing out of our wits, basically. Like We're playing beyond our expectations. Like way, They're punching way above their weight class. You and, know? and I just feel like that is only playing into their mindset into their form into hey we got to go to the bank but we already beat them at the bank once and you know what we have nothing to lose lafc is expected to make it to the mls cup final they're expected to get there they're they have all this pressure and we had that pressure going into the galaxy game and that was one game that to me really just showed me that there is resilience in this oh, yeah. LAFC squad. Definitely. So, for Austin to come into the bank, and after seeing the way mm-hmm. LAFC fought their way through at the very end getting it, I think that's only going to benefit us because now we've seen because there is no quit. We will not quit. I think especially like the games that we played this season against Galaxy were good examples of like, it was like meltdowns. A, meltdowns or like a stun grenade. Like, yeah. Oh shit! What do we do now? Especially because, dude, after Jovalik's goal, I, I was like, fuck. That that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. Curler, you know, 
eightieth minute, like, like uh, not eightieth minute, but it was like the eighty third, eighty fourth minute. But I was just like, damn, like, damn. I was we're like, going overtime. I was like, oh, we're going overtime. Like yeah. I, it was, I was a punch in the gut. I got out and I was like, oh man, like I was like, not I again. Was, my whole, my first thought was not, not again. Exactly. Not again. This cannot be happening again. No, but like you said, the the team showed resilience this time, and I think. It's like, I would have loved it if we would have walked away with a thrashing of Galaxy. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. But at the same time, or, you know, you know, like now looking back at it, I'm kind of glad it was like a hard fought game because like you said, like it, it shows the resilience. It's like, hey, this is adversity. Mm-hmm. This was a tough game. Galaxy came here and were, you know, controlling the match for a good portion of it. You know, it was not going the way things uh, we wanted to go, but above all that, like we still got through. Like with all of that happening, LAFC was able to pull through, and I think now that they have that sort of newfound like confidence, mm-hmm. or just like um, just no more second guessing, I yeah. guess you can say. There's like it's like hey, like we can go if we go down, it's all good. We'll go. I mean, not that I want us to go down, you know, opening of the match. But in the event, like, if it were to happen, LAFC now know, like, hey. Let's play our game. We can play our game. We There'll be that come. moment. Yeah, it'll be there, and we'll be ready. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened in this case. Like, I, I really feel like there's, like, a resurgence. Like, there's just, like, a, there's just a different mentality with this squad now. I, I think it was what LAFC kind of needed, which was a wake-up call, almost. Uh, to understand, we may be the best team during the season, but you have to prove it once again in, in the playoffs. playoffs. It's a tough. different game, and this Austin game makes me nervous, of course, because you have to give credit to Austin. They have played really well, and you know, like they got some good players. But LAFC has just shown me that there is maybe you're right. Maybe there is some sort of divine intervention that. This is our year. The expectations were once Bale and Chiellini arrived, MLS Cup or bust. And now, we have one more round to get to the MLS Cup. And Austin, sorry, had a great year, but it's not your time. I mean, I, that's how I'm feeling, bro. Like it's, I really think it's going to be tough, man. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I really feel like LAC can, can pull this off. I just feel like like going into this game, one game at a time, you know, but like going, I, I just, for me, it's just like, I, I feel like beating Galaxy in that playoff game was just a really big milestone. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hate to admit it, but it just, it, it was rough. Like there was just that whole thing. It's just like, oh, we're the best team in, in, the, in the league, but we can't beat Galaxy. And you know, like now it's just like that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. And if we, they were, I wouldn't say they're they're our biggest opponents, but they're not our, our toughest. But now we beat our biggest, and now we're gonna play our toughest opponent so far this season, mm-hmm. which has been Austin. But now LSC's got a whole different sort of mentality. The guys know what they're capable of. They know what they can do. Like we got you know players you know, like Chicho you know up there for MVP and running. Dennis Buanga hitting a stride. I'm sure he's looking hungrier and like you know he's more and more confident more more comfortable you know it's like what I was talking about you know where he had to get acclimated to the league and the players 
now now that he's acclimated to the league, I see it acclimated to him. Yeah. And I, I really think we're gonna see that. You know, so I, to me, he's gonna be a key figure of this upcoming match. Him and Chicho. Puang is scores for me. You think so? I think he scores. I hope Vedla gets on the score sheet. It's it's a little. I don't want to say disappointing, but it just sucks not seeing him like the same player that he was. Some of these like matches might be a little. I don't want to say too intensive, but definitely can't go between ninety. Like yeah. it was. It's. But then you know what? That's why we have Dale on the bench and the Polky to come on and create something magical. Right. You that, know, and it's you know, not the Carlos Vela show anymore. It's not. It's no. LAFC as a whole team. Exactly. And I prefer that. It's a lot easier because yeah. it's like, I mean, how many? If Vela is unavailable for the weekend for whatever reason, I'm gonna be a little hurt or not hurt, but like a little like you know nervous, but just a little. Whereas before in the past seasons, oh, Vela's injured, we're done. What are we? What are we gonna do? <laughs> where? Where? Where is the creativity gonna come yeah. from? You know, and that's not the case anymore because we got we have players like. Like Bonga, Poku, Teo, you know, Chicho's more comfortable going forward yeah. and stuff. Ilya's been Ilya's controlling. Been great. Killian as well. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully we'll see more from Bill. I mean, it's, it's really, I, I yeah. got nothing. Like, well, I let, like, I wanted to get to that real quick because Bale not being available for the, the Galaxy game was kind of, to me, a surprise. I guess he had a leg injury of some mm-hmm. kind. But from what I've read, and they were the Guardian mm-hmm. and another Wales outlet, they mentioned that Chirundolo has said that he is returning to training this week and he will be available now. Full squad, right? Full That's squad. I read. I read that too somewhere. Full too. squad, but, you know, to me, like, even if he's available, he's just coming off an injury. Like, I don't expect him to play more than 15 minutes, but you know what? Having Gareth Bale for 15 minutes in a break in case of emergency kind of thing oh, isn't dude. the worst thing in the world. No. So before it was the moose. <laughs> exactly before it was the moose, and now we have Gareth Bale. So I know he hasn't performed to what our what we would have liked him to have done, but 15 minutes of Gareth Bale, you never know what he's gonna come up with. So I just hope he is on the bench in case of a situation where we do have to break the emergency glass. Yeah, of course. I'd, I'd rather have him available than not have him at all. And I, I still think, you know, I know a lot, Bell's getting, like, a lot of the fans, from what I gather, are getting impatient, you know, and I get that. I told, I told everyone, mm-hmm. told everyone to cool your expectations, y'all. But I still think that he can still do something and, and provide and add value to the team. And I think maybe next season, too, like, we might see more of them. There's going to be, like, less pressure. You know, the World Cup is, is over. It's gone. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I I hope he's available for the game. I, I, I do I agree, and I think that I know you've mentioned before that, you know, Kalini should be a starter. Right. I don't think it's, like, necessary. I, I just think, like, I, I had read, you know, for the last game, I know we talked about it, you know, with Chicha's pace and how he gets in behind and everything. Like, maybe that's why um, they just decided not to play or just start Chiellini. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he only came on for the last few minutes just to walk And had down. a super important header to clear the ball in the final minutes, bro. So, so he is important. He is important. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think in terms of our back line, it, like the center backs... 
kind of go either way in terms of who starts. Chiellini is the better defender, though. I, I, I agree with you on that. As a fan, and even as like a soccer-mindful person, mm -hmm. I would just want Chiellini on the pitch because the leadership and the experience that he brings to that defensive line, to the team as a whole, mm -hmm. to calm everyone down in a moment that what if they do score and they're ahead? I just would like that guy on the field. And he's a calm, cool. He, he's guy. been in in, in in Euro Cup finals. He's been in a, a Champions League final. He lost, but you know, like he's but been he's in been. big games. And I just expect Chiellini to to start. This is the reason we brought him here mm -hmm. to lead us to the cup, to lead our back line, and you know, and a lot of people from what I've noticed on the post, are not a fan of Murillo right now because they think he's a little bit hot-headed. And I can agree to that to an extent, but, but I, I he, think he, he, like, we almost need that kind of like aggressiveness you sometimes. Need, yeah, especially with, I don't want to say Segura is like complacent, but like I see Segura, he's, he just looks like such a nice guy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Segura lose it. But Murillo, on the other hand, we have, but you, look, man, as a center back, you gotta have a little bit of that, like I would say, in. dog. You know, you have to have that dog in you. Yeah. Some have more than others, or some use it more than others. Murillo's mm -hmm. one of those players. But I mean, look, I can tell you that, like, look, let's take for example the whole Ricky Puig kind of situation, right? Mm -hmm. There, in that kind of situation, as a ref, you're gonna give the benefit of the doubt to the defender, because mm -hmm. one thing is giving Ricky Puig. Uh, uh, a red card, right? And that's like, oh shit, he changed the game. But if you get, like, Murillo a red card, that changes the game way more for this. I mean, I know yeah. you can make a solid and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, yeah, I feel like, like you said, like, as a defender, you gotta have that dog in you. And I'm fine with having a player like that mm -hmm. because more than anything, he's gonna get into the forward's head. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's how I... To I, me, that's how I saw Puj. Uh, kind of getting the vibe from when yeah. you're like you're trying to get into my head and trying to make me nervous or something like that or just know? like off my game yeah, like just like off, off, I know off, what you're off, trying off, to off. do and, and, it, and it was working because mm -hmm. you know he did technically headbutt him yeah exactly so this this it would just be tough I mean I don't think Chiellini would have had a bad game but with this intensity and it, it would have been his first you know classico and every or, you know classico and everything yeah. it was it was kind of a, it's just different so you want to go with what like okay like this to me, that's going to be one of the interesting things, um, the lineup sheet mm -hmm. come Sunday to see if Chiellini starts. Um, I think whomever starts alongside him will benefit because of his positioning and then the athleticism that both Murillo and Segura bring. It's just, to me, which of the three, um, like I keep reiterating, you brought Chiellini for these moments, mm -hmm. I think you should use him. And, um, even if, and then, and we shall see. yeah, and I mean, we got five subs. Chiellini doesn't have to play the whole 90. No, like, we can lock it down. I mean, we can bring in, um, Murillo or Segura, whoever's off, or Idega as well, who's also been pretty, like, I, in my opinion, really good all season as well. Obviously, those other three guys have, are, right. you know, our, our guys, those are the starters, or, you know, those three are the ones fighting for that one and two spot. But Idega mm -hmm. has come in and put a shift on multiple occasions, and I, I have mm -hmm. nothing but nothing bad to say about him either but I think this you know this this weekend 
um, that's the only change we're really going to see the lineup is yeah. who's going to be. Because I don't, don't think. I don't foresee know. any change in the lineup apart from that center back pairing. I don't know uh-huh. who who is going to be there. I feel like it's going to so, be. So we'll see. I think I really think it's going to be Murillo, Murillo and Chiellini. Because mm. Murillo's just as a whole this season has just played way more. I think he's played his way to like a team like Galatasaray or something or yeah, the Turkish like, league. I really think he's been that good. He's been that good, I agree. And then Segura, yeah. like, you know, obviously he had what what seemed like the longest dude, I, I, I feel like Virgil van Dijk came back from his ACL like that. But <laughs> Segura, I feel like, took forever. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it's like, because, it, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that MLS season is. So it's just like, kind of split over right. what's well, in one year it's just weird right. the MLS season the ra- it's because it in, we're used to the you know European season where it's like split over two years but in the MLS it's over one year and I think it just kind of I don't know basically it felt like he was injured for like a season and a half yeah. and then he was training and everything and all that but since then I mean you're right like I've, I've been kind of backing him and stuff he hasn't been the same player he was he's not he hasn't been the same and that isn't to say he's a bad player. I just think Murillo has earned that starting spot and keeping that starting spot. And just based off of experience, Chiellini is the best center back. I think so. So that's why I'd give Murillo the nod with Chiellini. And you cannot, under any circumstances, say no to whatever the hell Chiellini tells you. No, no, no. He's, he has to respect man, whatever he yeah, says. Yeah, the man's got a euro in his yeah. belt. I think that's the only, like you said, it's the only change I can possibly see coming up this weekend. And yeah, I really, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, dude. It's gonna be a great game again. I'm expecting the bench to be electric, like it has like every game this season. Mm-hmm. But like everyone that was there, that's going again this weekend. Remember what we did on Thursday? We gotta match that energy, cause it's like the team needs us. Like we gotta do our part and be yeah. there for the team. Cause you know, I, I gotta admit, dude, like. Our, our season tickets, unfortunately, our ticket time is section 214. We're right. a section or two away from the away fans. And sometimes, like, I mean, obviously we're right there so we can hear them. And uh, we can still hear the north end, you know, right. blaring, going off and shit. But it's just like, you know, like, they're loud. So, like, everyone else, like, we got to be loud, too, and drown out the, well, the away fans. I want to give, well, the fans uh, were crazy on Thursday versus Galaxy. And there were moments that, from what I could tell, the players were having a really hard time from the Galaxy communicating with each other, especially mm-hmm. the goalkeeper. So, um, you gotta yell out all loud and we, shit. We need to be <sighs> that 12th man, not just the 3252, because we know they're gonna show up, mm-hmm. but the rest of the 22,000 uh, seat stadium that it is, we all gotta be loud for LAFC mm-hmm. and basically make this a very difficult environment for. Austin. 100%. 100%. It, they gotta, it's got to be uncomfortable for them. That's what they need to feel. Uncomfortable. Okay. we got to bring that uncomfortableness. Like, we got to bring that Anfield level uncomfortableness. Fudge the Anfield. Fuck the Anfield. But anyway, I understand. <laughs> this All is right. Anfield. <laughs> I just think of Pep. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And hopefully we'll be speaking to you next week with a victory, which I know we will. Well, we shall see you guys next week on Sunday. See you guys on Sunday. Peace. Peace.